Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, everyone. My name is Cody Westbrook, and you're listening to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. Over the last several episodes, we've been working our way through the story of the Bible. We're trying to understand better the main narrative or the main idea of what's going on in the Bible from beginning to end. We began, of course, in Genesis, noticing the messianic promise, the seed promise in Genesis chapter 3, the promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 22, the promise to the descendants of Judah in Genesis 49.10. And the point is that we have the creation of man, the entrance of sin into the world, and then God's announcement of how he is going to deal with that sin problem. And he makes that announcement by saying that, uh, or by revealing a seed promise, that the answer is going to come through the seed of woman, who will be through the seed of Abraham, uh, which will also be through the seed of uh, Isaac and Jacob, and finally of the seed or the tribe of Judah. When the book of Genesis ends, we find the Israelites who are in Egypt because of a famine where Joseph has been serving as second in command under Pharaoh for some time. But then when Genesis ends and Exodus begins, Joseph is dead and the people are enslaved because there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And so from that, Uh, comes Moses, the one whom God raised up to deliver his people from Egyptian bondage. Moses delivered the people from Egypt. He brought them to Mount Sinai, and there at Mount Sinai, God made a covenant with the people in Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 and following. And this covenant, of course, is very important because it gives them a law and it makes them a nation. And included in this law, or this covenant, of course, are the instructions for the tabernacle and the priesthood. We see that in the second half of the book of Exodus. And the book of Exodus ends with the consecration of the tabernacle. And in the last few verses of the book, Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 through 38, what we see is the glory of God filling the tabernacle while Moses stands outside the tabernacle. The scripture says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from, the, uh, from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So God makes a promise to Abraham, I'm going to bless your seed, I'm going to give this land to your seed, and I'm going to bless all the people of the earth through your seed. The seed of Abraham eventually becomes enslaved in Egyptian captivity. They are delivered from Egyptian captivity. They are brought to Mount Sinai where the Lord reveals to them, I am the Lord 
who made this covenant with your father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I am the Lord who has brought you up out of Egypt, and now I'm giving you my law, and if you will obey my law, then you will be my people, and I will be your God, and I will dwell among you and be with you. And that is one of the many, uh, one of the primary uh, emphasis as it pertains to the tabernacle. It's a representation of the dwelling of God amongst the people. But again, as the book of Exodus ends, God is in the tabernacle. His glory fills the tabernacle, but Moses, the man, is standing outside. So the book ends leaving us with the question, how can man, how can Moses go inside? How can he approach into the presence of God? And that is where the book of Leviticus begins. This book begins to tell the children of Israel how they might be able to go in. It stresses two major things, this book does. Number one, it stresses the problem of sin. And number two, it stresses the holiness of God. You see, the question is, how can an unholy man approach unto a holy God? The Bible tells us, that uh, God is of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look upon iniquity, Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 13. God himself tells us in the book of Leviticus numerous times, I am holy, Leviticus chapter 11 verses 44 and following. So the problem with the child, that f- the children of Israel faced and the problem that all humanity faces is this. When we sin, when we violate God's law, then sin separates us from God, Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. What can be done about that sin problem? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And in Leviticus chapter 17, in verse number 11, God said, The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it's the blood which makes an atonement, or the atonement. And so in the book of Leviticus, we have these various offerings that are outlined for the children of Israel. And the purpose of these offerings, the purpose of these sacrifices, is so that the sin of the children of Israel could be dealt with in such a way that unholy man might have the ability to approach unto a holy God. So in this book, we see three major things then. We see sacrifices outlined in the first eight or so chapters, seven or so chapters. Then we see the consecration of Aaron and the priesthood in chapter 8 and following. Remember in the book of Exodus, we read about the instructions for the creation of the priestly garments. But we did not in the book of Exodus see the... the, Uh, the inauguration and the consecration of the priesthood. But we do see that in the book of Leviticus, which, by the way, means pertaining to or of the Levites. So we see sacrifices, we see the priesthood, and then we begin to see various laws that are unfolded throughout the remainder of the book of Leviticus. So, again, putting it all together, Genesis chapter 3 Man sins, and God says, I'm going to deal with your sin through the seed of woman. In Genesis 12, it's going to be of the seed of Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and in Genesis 49, Judah. The end of the book of Genesis, the descendants of Abraham are in Egypt. The beginning of Exodus, they're enslaved in Egypt. Now they've come out. And after coming out of Egypt, they come to Sinai, they receive the law, 
God reminds them who He is. He gives them an identity. He makes them His people. And now in the book of Leviticus, He gives them the way, a way in which they can approach unto Him as His people through the priesthood, through the sacrifices, through the offerings, through these various laws that will maintain their holiness. That brings us then to the book of Numbers. In the book of Exodus, we read about the children of Israel receiving the covenant, but we also see uh, about their rebellion and about their idol worship. In the book of Leviticus, we read about the need to be holy and about the way in which the children of Israel could approach unto a holy God. Now, in the book of Numbers, we begin to read about their journey from Mount Sinai, where they were taken by Moses after leaving Egypt to the land of Canaan, which is the land that God showed Abraham and that God promised Abraham his descendants would inhabit. Now, there are a few things that happen in the book of Numbers. First of all, in the first section of this book, the children of Israel are arranged by tribe and they are numbered. But then, in the key section of this book, as they're preparing to go into the land of Canaan, you're familiar with this, Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Moses sends spies into the land of Canaan and tells them to spy out the land. And when the spies return, all of them except two, Joshua and Caleb, give what is described as an evil report. And so the people begin to complain, and they begin to long to go back to Egypt, and they murmur and complain against Moses, and ultimately against God. And their complaining was then an expression of faithlessness. And this, of course, wasn't the first time, and it wouldn't be the only time that the people complained. And so God, God passed sentence on them. God said, you will not enter into the land of Canaan. This generation that exited the, uh, the land of Egypt, they will not enter into the land of Canaan, but their children will. So, over the remaining portions of the book of Numbers, we read about events that unfold during a 40-year period of wilderness wandering. And then in Numbers chapter 26, through the end of the book, 36, we begin to read about the next generation. This next generation uh, the, that is going to be able to enter into the land of Canaan, that's going to be able to conquest that land and then begin to inhabit it. And in these last ten chapters, uh, these, uh, this next generation, they're being reminded and they are being prepared for the entering into the land of Canaan. Now, that enters in the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy the events, rather, of the book of Deuteronomy occur just a few months before the death of Moses. And the key, really, of the book of Deuteronomy is found, this is a lengthy reading, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Listen to what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. The Bible says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. 
You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over uh, the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. You see, the book of Deuteronomy is essentially a sermon given by Moses to re-emphasize to this new generation that's preparing to enter into Canaan some very important points to remind them about the law of God, to remind them about the importance of obeying the law of God, and that God will protect them and provide for them, and they will be His special people if they keep the covenant, if they obey Him, if they are faithful. And then that brings us, after we end the book of Deuteronomy, that brings us to the book of Joshua where now, after Moses dies, Joshua takes command, and the people prepare to cross over the Jordan River and to enter into the land of Canaan. In all of this, I want you to remember, it is important, rather, for us to remember one uh, major point, and that major point is the covenant that God made with Abraham. Don't forget about that promise in Genesis chapter 12 that God was going to give to Abraham this land, the land of Canaan. He was going to give that to his seed, and he was going to bless all the people of the earth through his seed, which we know ultimately is talking about Jesus Christ. Even, in the, even amongst the uh, Israelites' idolatry, we still see the covenant of God. Because in Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse number 9, the scripture tells us that God knew that the children of Israel were idol worshipers, and yet he had made that covenant, and he was going to be faithful to his word in spite of their unfaithfulness. So again now, we see the plan begin to unfold. Genesis 3 and verse 15, here's how I'm going to deal with sin. It's going to be through the seed of woman, through the seed of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through the seed of Judah. The Israelites are in Egypt. God brings them out of Egypt. He brings them to Canaan, or excuse me, to Sinai. He gives them the law. He makes them his people. He gives them an identity. He then creates for them the priesthood and the tabernacle. He gives them laws by which they can live and serve him and obey and maintain their holiness and maintain uh, their relationship with him. And then after the uh, original generation passes on, he prepares the newer generation, the generation who will go into the land of Canaan. He prepares them by reminding them of his will for their lives in the book of Deuteronomy. And by letting them know, reminding them rather, of the covenants and of the promise and so on. And again, all of this is unfolding because God is working to bring to fruition the promise that he made in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, which we learn in Ephesians 3, verse 9 through 11, was hidden in his mind from eternity. Well, we're going to stop here today, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. We hope that you will listen to our previous episodes, that you will subscribe to our, our channel, and that you will continue listening and studying God's Word with us as we open up the Bible and study the wonderful Word of Life together. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. 
please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.